All right, there will be bourbon tonight with Matt Summerlot, who I will get into as to why this this fine young man is on the, the podcast with me. Uh, before we do that, as always, this is a discussion fueled by the finest American spirit. And uh, I received this last week. Uh, it's a bullet single barrel. I'm not really a bullet fan. You know, they're normal stuff for the rise. You know, I don't know. Once upon a time, bullet, you know, they came out. They're not that old. And uh, I think Diageo owns them now. Uh, but somehow they've managed to advertise their way into every bar in America. So good for them. But, you know, their barrel strength. I always get at Giants games out here in San Francisco. 16 bucks a shot. What up? Um, and then their tenure is really good, too. Not 100% sure if that's theirs or not, because I do know they have sourced some stuff from the old Four Roses world. Where I think they leased one of their... They're yeast strains. I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff about it. But anyway, this happens to be incredible. Bullet, single barrel, totally unique. Again, remember with single barrels, as actually Matt's got, because that's why he's on here. He's got the Blantons right there, which was the original single. Yeah, original single barrel bourbon introduced to the United States, I think back in the 80s, 83, 84, something like that, from Buffalo Trace, right? But anyway, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot number or anything on this, but if you can go out and find bullet single barrel, hopefully you get one of these. Uh, it's delicious. It's incredible. So that's what I'll be doing tonight. Um, but Matt Summerlock, he is here tonight and I thought it was actually really cool. So once upon a time, I said, when I did this podcast, that there was a part of me, this was pre shutdown. Uh, I wanted to just get regular people and just talk to them, right? Because you'd be surprised at what regular people got going on in their lives, what they've done, what they've accomplished, what they're working towards. And, you know, I said, Hey, for my 2000s follower on Twitter, I was going to give away a bottle of bourbon. Um, I went through after that number was eclipsed and just started going through people. I thought, you know, would be interesting and unique. And I came across Matt's bio and it said something to the effect that he was sent to the office in first grade several times, something like that. Was that what it was? I got sent once. Yeah, that's for sure. Just I may once? have been sent more, but yeah, yeah. It, that was the most memorable one. The, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I definitely was sent to the office a lot. And I think we exchanged messages about, you know, the old paddle with the with the airflow holes. And the air, yeah, man. Yeah. Drilled for, uh, you know, wind resistance. Yeah. None of yeah. that. <laughs> so that's why Matt is on, right? So, and then someone had the idea. I can't remember who it was. I, I can, I can see this avid, his, his little avi. I know the picture, but he's like, "Hey, you should, you know, bring on whoever you give that bottle to." And, and so that's what was that was that was what was done. And so here's Matt. He is. I'm going to go into a little bit of his bio because he's got some cool stuff. He's actually before I get into his bio, he's actually an author, right? Sent me his there book. You go. Here we go. Hey, got this. Go. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the inscription, man. That's awesome. I'm going to definitely read this over the holidays when I fly to the East Coast. Uh, but it's called Finding His Story in History, a daily discovery melding historical facts and events with scripture to reveal God's message. That's pretty cool, man. Like, it's a real book. Yeah, man. A lot of authors awesome. out there on Twitter. Yeah, it's cool, man. No, 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 no. Yeah, but it was kind of a passion project. We can talk about that more later. Though. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I went. So you're a native Atlantan, right? Don't find that much as you wrote out. Um, deep appreciation for history, trivia, sculpture. We talked about his claim to fame. It is this book that he managed to, to write. Uh, so here's my first thing that I think is pretty interesting. You wanted to be a doctor, right? But then you ran into what you called the physics buzzsaw. What happened there, man? Yes. Yeah, so, so my dad was a uh, OBGYN. He, uh, okay. he passed away. It's been like 26 years now. But uh, 
great guy, delivered a lot of babies here in Marietta. And um, so, you know, when I was getting ready for college and whatnot, I thought I want to be like my dad. Um, you know, I looked up to him all the time, still do, you know, and um, so I went to, you know, Furman and went in pre-med and went biology and I was all in till I hit physics, man. And it just <laughs> did not click with me, man. Not at all. So, um, so then we had to say, all right, what do you do now? Well, I wanted to stay in biology. I loved it. Still do. Um, so I ended up doing the horticulture out. Okay. So go figure you start pre-med, you end up with plants. I mean, that, that doesn't happen very often, but Hey, um, that's the route it went. So, you know, I, I still have neighbors and friends calling on me to ask advice for, all right, what should I plant here? What should I plant there? So, you know, it worked out. All right. There's some so foundation. Did you, there. did you pursue that after you graduated? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit. So here in Atlanta, um, I actually first started working on a, a crew that we were in, went around and installed um, color for corporate environments, like all those flower beds you see out in the office parks and things like yeah. that. So I ran a crew that that would install those. So a lot of fun. It's two times a year. You're working like seven days a week for a couple of months and um, a lot of work, but it was very enjoyable. So until the traffic in Atlanta just really started to get to be a grind. So. Yeah, I've driven through Atlanta enough to know that I don't need to do that. It's not really one of the things I miss about the East Coast. City's yeah. cool, but it's just you got a really time getting through downtown and or even that bypass isn't great either. Uh, and, 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 and the other thing, even if you're flying, they say, you know, if, if someone's going to hell, they're going to connect through Atlanta. So <laughs> you got to deal with the airport as well. Right. So. Yeah, the airport's the airport's pretty good. It's uh, yeah. it's it's a it's definitely another city out there. Atlanta's a huge fucking airport. If no one's seen it, all right. I hope I know you seem to be like a a, a really good Christian man, Matt. So I hope my profanity doesn't offend you by any chance. You know, none of us are perfect, right? So you know, I always live by the adage that, that God meets us where we are, and that doesn't mean that we're supposed to be perfect. We're we strive for that, obviously, but you're not gonna offend me, man. So you're okay, you're good. No worries. And actually, it reminds me. So uh, Pat McAfee. I don't know if you know who that guy is. He used to be a punter. Yeah, punter yeah. for the yeah. Colts. Yeah. yeah, he's got a show on. I was listening to it this morning. And he's it, somehow it was brought up. He's like, well, you know, they always say you you are as God made you, and God made me this fucking way. That's what he said. And he's like, my first two words were fuck off. So I am how God made me. And he went to commercial. So speaking of which, so you're on Twitter, obviously I follow you now. I don't know how long you've been on there, what you've been doing. It looks like you've been it, on for a while. Um, so, so here's the deal. Here's what I'm striving for. I want to be, okay. I want to set the record for the guy that's been on Twitter the longest with the fewest followers and not a bot. <laughs> Right. There's, I don't know. I think you got way too many. I've seen some dudes that have been around since like oh nine that are just they they got like four or five followers. I don't know how they've pulled it off, but they just don't clearly interact. They're just there to follow people, you know. Well, I interact. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's good. It's fine. It's an outlet which, for me. Do you uh, know Father Dan Beeman? Yes. Okay. Yeah, good. I listen. In fact, in in run up to this, I listened to the uh, the podcast you had with him. I'm following him now. Um, yeah, he's so. an awesome dude. Awesome, yeah. awesome dude. But yeah, I was gonna say if you hadn't heard of him, that'd be a great guy to, to get you in touch with. You guys probably have a, a lot in common. He's absolutely good no, dude. he was great. That was very enjoyable. Yeah. So so you mentioned physics, right? So I took a <laughs> class in college called the realm of physics. And the only reason I did it was because you know, hard sciences like that, they they're very interesting on the surface, and that's what I'm good at. 
Like you give me an hour yeah. long on the history channel of some physics or chemistry or whatever. I, I'm all in. But once you start asking me to do like the, the math and all the other stuff behind it, you, it's probably yeah. like what you felt like you just lose me. Yeah. And I'm like, I would consider myself a fairly smart guy, but not when it came to that stuff. Like yeah. I failed that uh, class easily. It, it, and I felt like I tried and did well, but yeah. I just didn't grasp it, man. I didn't get it. I, I'm clearly not meant to be the next Newton. So what, what's the difference between the realm of physics and actual physics? Great question. And the reason I took the realm of physics <laughs> was because I could have swore when I read about it in the course catalog, it said specifically there was no math. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> that's what I want to do. And then that's I got in physics, there. Man. Yeah, man. And then yeah. like halfway through the class, like he's busting out all these equations and formulas. And I'm like, this is yeah. not what was in the reading. And so I, yeah, I just didn't get it. I loved what he talked about the concepts. I still do. Like I'll, I'll still, yeah. if I see any of that stuff, I can get into it, but I can't do anything with paper and a pencil and you telling me how to, you know, or asking me to do some, can't do it. Now I see that that's the running joke in my family is that I can't do math. So like the kids can do math. My wife can do math, but me. Mm -mm. So, you know, I just rely on them. So it's you know, at this point I've forgotten, but I've probably told it, but I, I was the same way with math. Like, I couldn't yeah. do it. Right. And then, I had this gap before, you know, I went to school, I went to college right after high school, played baseball, joined the army, took a while before I went back to college. And then when I did, I never did the math classes, my initial, I, I put them off. Right. So then now, you know, I'm going back to college, mid twenties, haven't done math since I was like a junior in high school. And <laughs> my professors, I remember one dude was, he was from China. The other dude was from Vietnam. Yeah. And they didn't really speak English. Like the only language they spoke was math. Right. So I went and got the teacher's manuals and I would just show up early and teach myself how to do this stuff. In but, some ways, maybe better, man. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, yeah. I couldn't do any of it now. Yeah, no. Well, there are certain things you're just not going to carry over. Right. No. So Absolutely. accounting, I took accounting. I did all right, but I, I don't do that. No, no. You know, no. so. Well, so, um, cause that's what I was going to ask you though. You wanted to be a doctor. I'm, I'm surprised. Why was there physics in that? I thought you guys had to do like crazy know, man. chemistry it, and yeah. Well, there was that. Yeah. So that's, that's the just, stuff I love. Oh, like you were the, good at that. Yeah. The labs and stuff like that. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I never will forget this one lab where we had to, um, we were testing some kind of liver enzyme in one of the mice. And so you literally had to take a live mouse and break its neck right and then cut it open and cut the liver out and then do all your stuff what no idea i was like how are we gonna kill this mice and or, or these mice and the dude's like all right you pinch him behind the head and just yank his tail and it immediately what? killed him yeah really? dude. yeah you yank his uh, tail as it breaks its neck by yanking the tail yeah apparently you got to hold him right behind the head you probably got listeners right now that probably have snakes or something like that they're like oh yeah i know how to do that so Anyway, so, yeah. yeah, so they, they that they're... stuff was cool. I, I enjoyed that. I like stats, even though that was math, but it was interesting. Oh, to, yeah, I avoided you know. that one. I, I know but yeah, I mean, you had to take a whole array of, of science courses and physics was, was right in the middle of it. So See, I don't I don't know if that's necessary. You, you might, <laughs> like you go back in the history, right? You read about people who's like, yeah, he taught himself how to be a lawyer. Or he taught himself how right. to be a doctor. It's like, did they really have to take physics? To become a doctor like i feel like if you would have just pursued it skipped physics took in whatever you know the mcats or whatever it is you got to do to get into med school you probably would have passed you're just not gonna do well on the you know the, the physics section if i don't know one. i don't know yeah 
Things worked out all right. Yeah, I was gonna say. So you don't seem to be on the side of the road begging for money and change or anything. So that's good. Yeah, you're. Uh, I'm a positive kind of guy. That that's what you'll find with me is I, I like to uh, to lift people up, find the the good in things, and you know there, there's a lot of bad out there, man. I mean, oh yeah. You know, Twitter's a great example of that. And, oh god, and, it's the worst place on the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is a really. dumpster fire sometimes, yeah. right? It, it is the absolute best of us because you can find some really great individuals on there, but it is it is an amplified cesspool of the worst. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think. What do you think drives a lot of that? I think the anonymity. I, I, I think it's the anonymity, yeah. the anonymity yeah. of it. Even people who have their name out there, like it's it's. Right. I always used to say is like people. People become their own superhero on the internet with a script that they're writing every time they tweet something out. Yeah. You know I mean? Like there's no accountability well, to it. Well, you were talking, Eric, about this with uh, who was it, Hannah Schaus in the last last podcast. You know, some people just wake up and they want to pick a fight. That, that's know? also true. It's very yeah. true. I mean, that, that's their mode of, yeah. of operation. And sometimes, you know, they're getting paid for likes and clicks and things like that. So you know, it benefits yeah. them to create controversy and both sides are guilty of that. Oh, totally. Um, Absolutely. And it's just, you know, it's up to us to kind of navigate that and say, you know, yeah, I'm going to buy into that or no, I'm not going to buy into that. And um, so it, it's difficult. And as we're raising kids, I know you, you've got a high school kid, right? Yeah. So, you know, keeping them shield, not shielded from it, but, you know, addressing the way that they're going to be impacted by that is completely different than when you and um, I grew up. So yeah. I know I'm old, much older than you, but you I know, wouldn't say much older. Dude, <laughs> all right. I, I've passed the century or the half century mark. So, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel it every day when I go out for a run. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird because it is like a level of social intelligence that I think is a little different. And uh, I think where people have struggled with this, because there's all this, is, I remember this was a big part of when I went and did my master's is, you know, and this was before you hit the century mark, but there are the people that who are above that age, right? I would say you're probably in the, the minority because most people your age or above, they have no idea how to interact on social media. They, they're, they're terrible behind a computer, you know, whereas my generation at least kind of started growing up with the evolution of it. Yeah. And then now our kids, like this is, they don't know anything but that, right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I long, think there is long. a difference. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I, you know, and I think, I really pushed my dad to get into, Hey, get, get a smartphone, get a, you know, I bought him his first iPhone back when I was in Afghanistan, I think for his birthday or for Christmas in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't really push him. I was like, Hey man, explore some of this social media stuff. And you know, now he's on Facebook and he does Instagram and all. I think my mom tried Twitter for about a month. Yeah. She, she, she my mom is one of the ones she's the last holdout. She's not getting into social media, which is good for her. Yeah. But it took a while for my dad to kind of like, I had to explain certain things to him like that. That's not real. Like, like he would share stuff instantly just because it's like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, dad, that that's, that's fake. That is literally <laughs> fake. The definition before it was fake news. I'm like, that's fake news. That's not real. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But then that's also on the other end, like we get into our kids and it's the same thing. Cause they're getting inundated with all these, these, these messages and these, yeah. these, and you know, you look at a lot of people do it as jokes with the face swap or, or whatever. That's mm-hmm. a very real thing, like creating content that's not real, but it looks so real that you don't know the difference between whether something's being fake or not. Yeah. And us kind of being a little more savvy in the, the social media realm because we've existed in it for so long. But some people who haven't, they're very easily manipulated. 
Oh, yeah. buy into yeah. this stuff super easy and that's what i'm kind of worried about with my daughter i think the only thing she's really into at this point is like ferret videos on tiktok which is cool <laughs> and, and like her youtube stuff yeah. that she watches yeah. fortunately she doesn't do anything you know she's you know i love her to death and I, I say this to her all the time but she's 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 a nerd she's not something she's not a kid i worry about she's not like i was or my brother was when we were growing up total opposite yeah. oh yeah. Good. yeah it's great oh believe me i i was mischievous growing up too i I share stories with the kids all the time. I was like, yeah, I used to do this. And they, they look at me wide eyed. They're like, really? <laughs> so it's not bad stuff, but you know, it's like stuff we wouldn't do today, you know? Oh, I know. Well, that's so. the other thing is like, I'm so reluctant. I remember, especially when she was little, the stuff my brother and I did growing up in the exact same neighborhood or house or whatever, mm-hmm. I would never let her do. Yeah. I just yeah. want to let her, you know, like, my brother and I, we grew up next to a lake in Florida and, you know, we, it was no thoughts whatsoever about jumping in there and just swimming through it, pulling right. gators out of there left and right. There's snakes everywhere. <laughs> like, you never thought about that stuff. And so I just yeah. remember when she was growing up and she'd be around the water, I'm like, absolutely not. I got to keep her out of that lake. I got to, she's not allowed to walk around this. Like I've killed so many water moccasins around her. Just like, oh my God, if she gets out there, she's going to die. But it's weird. I don't even know where that came from because my parents, you know, yeah, they wanted us to be safe, but that was not something they thought about. And then now, like my generation, it's like, oh, my God, my kid's going to die if she gets in the water with some fucking snake or an alligator. She's probably not. But I I completely relate, man. I'm the same way. It's like I don't want to be a helicopter parent, but sometimes I can't am. And, you know, it's that release point with the kids. So I just I, I just want a phone call from either her school her mom somebody telling me you, you should kids in trouble that's what i want she's going <laughs> on 16 she's never been in trouble i'm just like can you just uh, do funny. something yeah yeah uh, dude. plus she's unemployed she'll mentioned- turn 16 this month and still doesn't have a job it's ridiculous i'm sorry it's no, still, it's still no. i had two jobs when hey. i was 15 yeah what were they i'll tell you uh, i was a, a first job ever was mcdonald's awesome yeah, and then i was a uh, it was a, called a slide guard. It was because we were too young to be lifeguards, but we were slide guards at a water park <laughs> in Kissimmee, Florida called Water Mania, which is no longer there. Oh, nice. Nice. Greatest job in the world as a 15 and 16 year old kid, Matt, because yeah. just to lay this out there, I know you're a God loving and fearing man. Um, uh, but yeah. You know, women come down the these big was slides. Great. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, the bikini tops go. don't stay in place. It was great times as a 15 <laughs> and 16 year old kid. Loved it. Loved every minute uh, of it. Um, that's funny. Dude, my my first job when I was 16 was hanging garage doors with one of my best buddies from, from high school. We did that through the hot Atlanta summer. So that was a real and, job. Tell you. So, so here's that's my a real job. I say that all kids should have a manual labor job. It doesn't matter when you do it. Yeah. I think hey, that's, that's a good thing. you go to college or something like that, it'd be great to have some experience doing manual labor. You get a greater appreciation for it. I absolutely 100% agree. And you know what? It's been made so much easier now because like you and I, we used to have to, you just have to figure stuff out Yeah. or you went to a library and researched it or whatever. I was just telling my daughter this Sunday, every time when I talked to her, I'm like, what was she at? She was asking about, she's doing physics this semester. She wanted to do chemistry and she couldn't. And there's this guy, I think Dale Stark on Twitter, whose wife, you know, he's a, you know, Uh, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like his wife. Yeah. uh, Kim with, with, uh amanda or something like that yeah like his wife's now staying at home after being a tenured professor with chemistry and she has her own website for chemistry i'm like what would he ever do chemistry got a got got somebody who you can follow and and do along she's like oh yeah thanks dad i'm like yeah 
you know, because when I was a kid, we didn't have YouTube to go research stuff. Uh, you had to learn, right? <laughs> and I'm not saying it's not like, I'm not saying it's a, a, a worse form of learning. It's just like we talked about the physical labor stuff. If yeah. I want to know how to do something, I got a video on YouTube I can watch in like two, three minutes, you know, and I can do any of this stuff, which is really cool. I'm just glad that stuff's still out there because at some point the switch is going to get knocked off and people are going to have to actually know how to do this stuff again. Right, there you it's go. going to happen, man. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, prime example, I'm not handy, right? I'm simply <laughs> not handy. I hire out, right? But, you know, I was having issues with my lawnmower and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to take this bad boy apart. So I took my little Honda apart and I was like, uh-oh, how do I get this thing back together? Again? <laughs> YouTube, right? YouTube, pause it, do this, pause it, do this. And yeah, it's working like a champ now, right? So you're right. We we didn't have those back then, but in their help for sure. Um, speaking of YouTube, you know, you talk about Dale Stark and his wife. I mean, you know, my kids are are getting into that chemistry age too. And did I signed up for that and subscribed and and all that cool stuff? And he I was posting I stuff out there. He was like, it's skyrocketed. I know that's re- that is actually really cool and good for him. Yeah. And a lot of it has to come with the fact that, hey, it's because of who he is, which is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it, it, those are the people that I wish we followed more and not just, you know, these yeah. these dumbass fucking celebrities who've got 40 million followers and they look like, yeah, whatever. It's another fucking rant for the day. <laughs> but yeah, no, like someone like that's a he's a great example, right? He's a great example of of someone who deserves the following he's got, and especially his wife. I mean, he putting content like that out there for people who yeah. can actually benefit from it. That's a good thing. Yeah. Not to mention um, he was a 10 pilot, all right. What's Did that? Fly a Thunderbolt? Did he fly? Yeah, A10. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite airplane. Uh, it's a lot of people's favorite airplane, especially the ones on the ground. Like it, it's, it's yeah, saved well, a lot of people you know, over the. <laughs> saved a lot of people. That, over the, well, they could go, come in for close high, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah All right, so like I said, Matt's got a, a pretty uh, awesome biography here. He's probably led a pretty damn awesome life as well. Uh, so one of the things all over talking, the board, man. All yeah. over the board. So you've got, uh, you do equine therapy. Yeah, so equine therapy. Equine, I can't speak, bro. I'm an, I'm an idiot. Yeah. That, that dude. I should have just said horse therapy. I mean, I get Which you fancy. did. You put that in, in parentheses. I just wanted to kind of try and sound smart, but clearly I can't uh, read. So. Oh, come on now. Whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll learn not to correct the host too. How about that, right? Oh, uh, you can correct me all day, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just dude, a facilitator. The bourbon yeah. is the host. I just sit here and hit record. There you go. Speaking of which, I, I do have a, a little thing of a blanched port. So Atta boy, that's the spirit, man. Yeah, like so it, it's funny, I, man, because uh, Blanton's for what it is, for people who don't know, like like I said, it was the original single barrel in terms of marketing. It was from Buffalo Trace. They're the first ones to do it. Uh, but like everything else, Buffalo Trace in this era since like 2012 and on is just exorbitant amount of pricing and you can only really find it i'm out in california so i i'm fortunate where i can find a lot of stuff sometimes i've got some good relationships with some liquor store owners because that's really the only way to get any of this stuff at a reasonable price at this point yeah but you know you walk into any store and plans is going to be going for 150 and up but Mm -hmm. the Rayleigh's, the grocery store next to me it's very rare to see it, but the two times I have gone in there and seen it, they, you know, they sell it for 10 bucks above MSRP for 64 bucks. And that one that I sent you is one I bought from them a year and a half ago. I just don't drink it because I have enough of it. I don't, you know, I just, whatever. So I was like, this is perfect. I'll give this away. Wow. The horse thing ties in greatly, right? Because Blanton's, you know, yeah, they, they, and what's really cool is about Blanton's and 
that their toppers, they have that horse with a letter, right? And the, and the horse is in a different stride on everyone as it spells out the word Blanton's. I don't know what, le- <laughs> what letter did you get? Uh, let's see. You know, the eyes get, get worse. It's at the and... very back, at the back foot. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, maybe the other side. Uh, here we go. Oh. You got an O? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Okay. Never seen one of those. That's cool. So you got the O, right? So in that stopper, the, the horse is in a different position and stride with every letter. But it's made by this high school for the blind somewhere out there in Kentucky. They're the ones who make all of those stoppers. So it's really cool what they do. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's super cool, man. Yeah. yeah. It's Bland's got yeah, the Buffalo Trace. All of the stuff they do has a really cool story and legend behind it. But, yeah, so that's where we are with that stuff. I'm glad you got it. I don't know. Well, how I appreciate it, it man. That, that was such a cool surprise. You know, I'm sitting there. We're watching like a Hallmark movie or something. And <laughs> I'm sitting there checking my feed and. Yeah, go for it, right? So I'm checking my feed. I was like, um, what just happened here, right? So, and, and, and then I was like researching it. And I was like, wait a minute. That really, I was having to zoom in on the picture, you know? So kudos, man. It, that Absolutely, really, man. really cool. Yeah. So I appreciate I'm, I'm, it. Now you're subject to my my awful tweets in the meantime, but that's good. I'm glad you got to oh, yeah. I'm glad it showed up because I was worrying, man. You were? Yeah, I think I sent it, and then I was like, wait a minute, this thing was supposed to be there, I thought, like, three days before it actually showed up, but then I was wrong. Uh, no, no, That's no, when no. I messaged you. I was just like, well, yeah. I just got to him, because the last thing I want is, you know, the way I send them, I send them as trophies, right? So I just want to make yeah. sure the trophies actually arrive, and they don't get intercepted by, uh, as Bill Clinton used to say on Saturday Night Live character, intercepted by warlords, right? They come in and... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you never know when the warlord is going to finally take one of those trophies out of the, the out of the package system. So I was just making yeah. sure that can happen. And it's not going to spray glitter or anything like that. So, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, tell me about the equine. I say it again. Horse therapy. Horse therapy. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about that, man. So, no, this this is cool, man. So I've been around horses all my life. And in fact, I got a picture right above on the wall over here with me, okay. like seven years old, sitting on a horse that we had growing up. Now we lived in kind of a suburb of Atlanta. So you're not going to have a horse in your backyard, right? But but not far, you know, about five or 10 miles outside of Atlanta or, or Marietta, where I grew yeah. up. Um, there was a farm and we had a horse out there. We'd go out on the weekends and ride them and things like that. So quarter horse, always been around horses, loved horses. Um, so this whole thread continued. Well, had a sister that studied equine medicine at University of Georgia. She became a vet, moved down to Australia, married a guy that trains racehorses down there. Um, so horse, horse train continues. Well, you know, I, I continue to watch them racing, learn more about horses and what they can do. Well, it, it kind of intersected, and, and you'll get a kick out of this, with um, PTSD for soldiers returning from Iraq and Afghanistan, is that they used horses to kind of help with that PTSD. And now, not only do they uh, work with them on that, but they work with kids that might have cerebral palsy and things like that. So when I was volunteering as a hippotherapy person, it it really was just walking alongside a kid that was riding on a horse. Um, You know, we, we had a lead and you had two people on the side holding them. And here's a cool thing, man. When they sit on that horse, the movement of the horse kind of stimulates their muscle movement as well. 
That's and awesome. so that's that's a, a form of PT or therapy for them, oh, wow. not only in terms of physical therapy, but the connection between horses and rider is really formed there. And that's the whole, that's why they would use horses for PTSD. Awesome. You, know, you ever tried to make a horse move, like pull them across or, or try- no, I have absolutely not. I haven't. No. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, maybe your listeners have, but, um, you know, when you're trying to get a horse move, they're not going to move in, until they trust you. They're a prey animal, uh, which means that they're they're on high alert all the time. Mm-hmm. Like their ears are always going. You ever notice yeah. that? And they're always alert um, because they're they're the I prey. Know. They have to be alert in order to stay alive. Well, that kind of circuit circles around to forming a connection with a rider. They have to form that trust. Right. So in order to form that trust, you know, you think, oh, I can make this, you know, 3000 pound animal move or however much they weigh. But you can't until you change your perspective or internally, you have to change something about you because that horse is picking up more than you realize. Yeah. Right. When they're fearful, they're going to recognize that you're fearful and they're not going to move because they're not going to trust you. Um, so that's how the whole therapy thing works. And so I got really involved in that, um, you know, big time into, you know, vets are coming back and trying to assimilate back into society and trying to figure out, you know, where I can support that. I didn't serve, but I have family members, you know, in years past that I had. And so, you know, I'm a big supporter of that. And so I got involved with this group called Team Red, White and Blue. Yep. And they're big yep. on exercise, right? Yeah, I used to do the running stuff with them in Kuwait. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There you go. So um, I got to know them when they pretty much when they first started. This was like, I don't know, 2012 or 13. But working with Mike Irwin and um, just knowing what that guy was doing. And um, so I got really involved in that. And and so that led to the whole horse therapy thing. And yeah, I still do that every now and then. We were at the beach a couple of weeks ago, and we actually had an opportunity to ride horses on the beach, which was really cool. I've never done that yeah, before. But that is cool. It just just the feel of the horse, and you can see how that might help the, those kids that are going through cerebral palsy and things like that. So that's awesome. But yeah. Now this yeah, might man. be this might a year and a half ago it might be a question more worth asking. Now he's you know, our buddy Braxton is so popular. Uh, you, mm-hmm. do you follow Braxton McCoy on Twitter? I do not. I heard you. And, what? Uh, oh, look at this. I found someone who doesn't know who the hell Braxton is. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So I will, I will text him and let him know about you, but also you should follow him. And then uh, the, you guys may be able to work something out with that specifically what you just talked about. Cause he started, he's doing, he does a lot for vets. Um, his book's incredible. I would always encourage you to, to buy and read that, but Braxton's a great dude. He does a lot, but he, he breaks horses. That's what he does out in, in Idaho. Yeah. yeah. So he cool dude. Um, but yeah, definitely that's something again, I'll, I'll text him and then I'll get with you tomorrow and kind of try and put you in touch with him. Cause you guys might be able to pull something off on that. Uh, there's, there's a movie called the Mustang. You ever seen that movie? Was that I haven't. A, no. A couple years ago. And it, it, it talks about these um, inmates and that's basically what they did. They pulled Mustangs in, the wild horses, and they mm-hmm. made them break those horses. Oh, wow. And they figured out that, hey, I have to change before I can make this horse change. And it was really cool to see that inner transformation, but also the outward connection yeah. between man and horse. So, but neat, man. Yeah, you talk. so you talk about horse races. You you watch, like, Kentucky Derby and all that stuff? 
Yeah, I saw that whole Medina. Yeah, Medina yeah. Spirit just died. That's fucking yeah. nuts. Everybody's like, uh, they need to shut the track down. I have no idea, you know. Well, I, from what I heard, I mean, I don't know. I was, I just heard it in the I background. don't know all the details. I heard yeah. the horse died from a heart attack or something. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just sad. It was just sad. And, you know, there, there's, there's a good side and a dark side to everything. And, you know, I don't know all the, the details of the dark sides of horse racing. And, you know, part of me is like, well, you know, is, is that good? But when you see them running like that and it, it seems so natural to them to, to want to run, um, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's really cool to, to see what they do and how they do it. And, man, they're just such powerful animals. It's yeah, really- it blows my mind that they can run as fast as they do run for that mm-hmm. long. It's one thing oh, yeah. for like a sprint, right? Oh, wow, the horse ran 40 miles an hour. I'm like, yeah, but the horse ran that for a mile. That's insane. I know. It's insane. I know. <laughs> like- Dude, my, uh, my brother-in-law, he had a horse that won um, several years ago. And, dude, this was like, you know how when you're watching the Derby, it's one, one lap around, right? Yep. So this was like, all right, start way over here, run down that front stretch, and then do another lap. So it's like two laps. He had a horse that won a race that was that long. And, I mean, they were they were going, you know, it wasn't a blistering pace, but it's still a fast, fast race. And to see them run that long, it's amazing. Yeah, because like I said, there's a difference between a sprint and and – yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, that's obviously not like, you know, some vast long distance, but it's still a sprint. It's a sprint for them. Right. So yeah. 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 For them to run less than two minutes to run a mile. Like that's insane. That's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. And then, uh, but yeah, it's like you said, they, they actually look like they really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a I really so. cool thing to see. I, I enjoy betting on it. Cause I like to win money. Um, any good at that? Am I any good at not horses? Yeah. No. I, no, I only bet those three main ones every what is it the belmont Preakness, and the uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 uh i think we bet right. on medina spirit we either bet on it or there was the one there was one of the horses was bourbon something mm-hmm. that we bet on and i think you we made it right first yeah. yeah but i remember the race that medina spirit won yeah i think the bourbon one got edged out by medina spirit at the end and she, and the bourbon, whatever horse that was, I can't remember the full name, went from placing, I think placing his third place or showing yeah. his third place to fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but no, that was cool. It, I, I, again, though, that is, that is crazy. Unfortunately, that the, you know, and it's always like you said, though, every time something happens, it's like, oh, shut down the track, shut down. It's like, you guys don't know the whole story. Let's, yeah, very, pump very the brakes a little bit on that. But, yeah, I don't know. That does suck. And unfortunately, it does seem to happen more times than not. Because the horse, like, they didn't the horse get suspended or they took away the win? Yeah, there, was, there was something about that. I don't I don't know all the details of that. There might have been something yeah. about it. But yeah. yeah. No, horses are they're amazing. My daughter loves riding them. Uh, you mentioned the beach, like uh, fiance, she took my daughter last year with one of her friends. They do horse riding on I want to say it's down at Bodega Bay here in California. Uh, yeah cool. but they take them down onto the onto the actual sound to the beach they ride a little bit yeah. on the beach and they come out that's yeah. pretty cool yeah that, that's where we were we were down in florida um near um uh, port st joe's cape sandblast and dude it's awesome out there i mean we're like right on the water and everything you don't have the huge waves either so it's, yeah. it's kind of nice and relaxing yeah. yeah if you're on the gulf side in florida i tell you it's it's the best 
The water's yeah. super warm. There's no waves. Yeah. Just chilling. Yeah. It's been a while. All right, man. Matt, tell me about this book, brother. Tell me. So we got Finding yeah. His Story in History. How'd you end up writing this? This good. Yeah. Thing? So, so fun story here. So, um, obviously, always, always like trivia. Always like history. Um, you know, the, we're, we're typical guys. We store a bunch of useless information. Correct. <laughs> uh, trust me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got to find some way to get it out, out there, yeah, right? So what happened here was, um, you know, we had a, a church plant. We had a new location for our church that we were attending, and they wanted me to to kind of write the newsletter for it. You know, you start with things like, oh, this is happening this Sunday, and you know, we got the Easter egg hunt coming up and all that fun stuff. But you know, I wanted to make it a little bit more engaging because, as you know, people get those newsletters and they're like, delete, delete. And I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not even <laughs> read. Yeah, exactly. Guilty. Yeah, so yeah, what I wanted to do is, is create something fun and maybe um, different, right? So I started with um, this whole idea of this day in history with a biblical slant. And the whole idea here is, all right, let's find something fun that happened on this particular day that when I was sending out the newsletter and then tie it back to some piece of scripture. Right. And so it might be somebody was born on a certain day. It might be a certain event that happened that particular day. Um, you know, a lot of different directions you could take it. Um, inventions were big, but you'll find a lot of um, themes for me. Um, you know, I love baseball. So baseball's in there a lot. I love music. So music's in there, arts in there. The whole idea is, all right, let's start with that. You know, this is what happened on this day in history and then connect it to something in the Bible, some piece of scripture, and then maybe give people an idea or an awareness that, hey, when these things, these events happen, even though they may appear mundane, you know, I, I look at it as God's fingerprints are on that, right? Um, and, you know, I look at it as we can raise our awareness of our connection with others in that manner. Um, you know, and it's real light. It's not a deep theological journey yeah. or anything like that. It's really just designed to introduce people um, to a relationship, right? And it doesn't have to, you know, it's, it's just a, hey, let's let's have some questions at the end. Hey, did you think about this or did you think about that? So that's the whole idea, man. I mean, give me an example like um, I don't know what was today. What's today? No, I got, that's what I was about to ask you. You said trivia. No, don't look. I was going to ask you what, what would you do on December seventh? Uh, I'll give you a no, hint. This is a good one, actually. Yeah, I was going to say I'll give you a hint. You did not do Pearl Harbor, so that's no. Good. I didn't do Pearl Harbor, so <laughs> and, you know, I, that's a, a you know certainly a, a poignant event, right? Yep. And one we want to remember and. You know, there are um, definitely good ways to remember that and probably better ways. And now I went in a different tangent on the seventh. I went with, was it Larry Bird's birthday? Yeah. Larry Bird. Yeah. So Larry's nickname was, was basketball Jesus. Right. So, you know, that this, this is where it starts to tie in. You ever heard that? You ever heard? Larry I, I have. And he had the mustache too, when he was early. He had on. it just like yeah. you, man. Yeah. yeah. Early on. I got to get rid of this thing in another week or so. Right. I'm just All doing it to like annoy white, my daughter. <laughs> the white and green shorty shorts. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like Larry a, legend, basketball Jesus. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So the, the idea there, you know, the tie in would be, you know, basketball came so easy to Larry Bird that people called him basketball Jesus. They wanted to be around him. They wanted to learn from him. And so you know, that's the connection in the scripture is that, you know, we, we should be like that, that, 
you know, we should be full of the word and full of gospel that, you know, people look at us and they're like, oh, he, he just does it without even thinking. Right. So that's the idea on that one. So, yeah, you and know, that, but you say that, though, because that reminds me of, you know, I was saying it jokingly, but it was another thing before the profanity stuff on the, the Pat McAfee thing was he was talking about. And it may not have been him. It may have been his guest or somebody else on a show with him speaking. But he said, you know, if that's your belief and he's talking about in generalities, like someone such as yourself, who's, you know, religious or spiritual, if those are your beliefs, you should take those and you should challenge them. Right. You should go out into society and challenge them, because if you still foster those beliefs in the face of some sort of challenge, whether it be physical or uh, intellectual, and you still believe it. Well, then there you go. You just made your beliefs that much stronger. Right. And that's yeah. part of like the free will that God's given to everybody is like, sure. hey, you, don't, sure. you don't have to be a spiritual, a faithful, a religious, because th this is a large world and everyone's got beliefs into everything and they've all got their own forms of stuff. But mm -hmm. regardless of what they are, you should challenge them. You should use some sort of interaction with others to either solidify or potentially change your views and beliefs, right? Based on what those interactions are. Um, and that's what I think, because, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, Matt, I'm not, I'm not a religious person. I've, I've always been very spiritual and that's based on, so we talk about getting sent to the, <laughs> sent to the, to the principal in first grade. So my, I think the, the pinnacle of my poor behavior was in sixth grade, right? I got pulled out of school. My mom sent me to a Christian school, the Kissimmee Christian Academy once upon a time to finish my last half of the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't get like overly religious or anything, but I, 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 I had a greater appreciation for the church, for God, those things. Right. Um, <laughs> and every one of my classmates was another bad kid. Like there was no actual good kids in the school. It was like, I felt like what the, <laughs> in the moment I was just like, Oh, what am I doing here? But in, when I look back on, I was like that school, cause I can still see the, the, you know, the, the, the administrator or whatever. I can't remember his name, but I can see his face clear as day. And he, 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 you know, he had the church and then he did the school throughout the week. And I just look back on it and appreciate it. And because of that is that's the sole reason why it's to this day, I still pray every night. Awesome. I still do yeah. that. Like, you know, and I, and, and in big moments or whatever, or for my family, you know, yeah. I, I still pray. And it's because of that time in sixth grade, I mean, everything before that, like I went to church and all, but I just, it never stuck right? mm -hmm. for whatever reason. That's that one semester I did there in, in my sixth grade, uh, that was kind of the catalyst for that stuff. Um, so that's why I say like, I, I'm not religious. I don't, I'll, I'll go to church on holidays or, or stuff with my family, but, um, there's a form of like the organization that I don't really particularly prescribe to. Hey, I respect yeah. the history of it. Right. I, every time I'm in a, a church, like I was just in a friend's wedding in a, this church in San Francisco, it's been around since I think 1849. Like it just blows you, blows you away to be inside that building. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that stuff yeah. to me still speaks to me very strongly, but sure. you know, I, I prefer my internal dialogues with, with, you know, the creator yeah. as opposed to sitting in a pew and, and doing that each week. And I don't, you know, I don't denigrate those who do. I think it's important for whatever no. it is you try and find. Yeah. You know. I, I completely agree. And, and, you know, I don't denigrate others that, that think differently than me. I think that that's the, that makes the fabric of this world that we live in. I mean, yeah. it makes it so rich, right? Is that there are people with differing views or opinions or even religions. And, 
that does, it opens your eyes to what's around you if we choose, right? Right. Um, too often, I think we just, we kind of get in our own bubble or vacuum and we don't um, encourage or Twitter. embrace those conversations. Huh? That's Twitter. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. man. It, I mean, you're picking and choosing who you want to follow yeah. and who you want to see, right? Create you're, your you're own little echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you expect to really broaden your your viewpoints if if that's what you're creating around right. you? And um, so I, I completely respect what you said. I mean, I think it's spot on, man. Um, I think that that's the way that we kind of come together as a community and, and accept differing views in a more respectable manner, if you will, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, if, if we get into nature, right, nature, when you have a sphere, a circle, there's no perfect circles in nature, right? But right. if you have a circle or what did, what did we believe, you know, the circle, it goes around and it comes full full circle, right? Everything is kind of interlocked within that circle or is intertwined and kind of codependent on each other because the circle connects everything. And, you know, not to get too corny here, but the, that's kind of the earth, right? You know, the, our earth is one big giant fucking circle at the end of the day. Forget, let's not get too deep into, oh, well, there's mountains. I get it. Right. But at the end of the day, it's a circle. And so um, I think that's why wherever you go, and I've been blessed through the military to be on all countries all over this planet and, and see and interact in different cultures and religions. But at the end of the day, despite all those differences between us here in the West, or you get over into the East or you get into the middle East, um, we're all connected, man. It all comes back full circle and, and you don't have to try and impose your view on the rest of the world, but you should pull and, and, and find the things that you do have in common and the respects for those things, because, where people are very religious here, they're very religious over in other parts of the world. It's just not, you just might not think the same things, but you can still respect yeah. the fact that you have that same amount of faith in your belief. Right. And that's what I think is uh, that's been my biggest takeaway about every place I've been fortunate enough to go and come back from mm -hmm. is that, you know, at the end of the day, what I always took away from, especially my first time in Iraq is that you, you remove everything that were there, all the conflict and everything. It's still just parents taking care of their kids and wanting the best for them. Like, yeah, that's what it yeah. is. Like, that's ultimately, and you can remove religion. You can remove every layer of everything that's some sort of adversity or trial in their lives. And at the end of the day, you still have parents with kids who just want the best for them and they want them to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And that's the yeah. human element of yeah. it, right? Changes the narrative quickly, doesn't it? Does. Does, yeah. man. I just remember. Uh, so I spent most of my time in Baghdad in 2003 on the airport there in Baghdad. And we used to go out of this one gate before it became unsafe because it you know, turned it a suicide bombing. But before that, we used to go outside of this gate and there was always these vendors, you know, selling food. And I just remember this one specific vendor and, you know, it, this isn't uncommon to see the mustaches or whatever in Iraq, but, you know, usually you see the, uh, the mustache and, and, and the beards, right? Well, this one guy, I just remember he was probably like mid forties, which is what my dad was at the time. Uh, he had this big, thick mustache like my dad, but he didn't have a beard. And my dad doesn't either, but he's always had the mustache. So I immediately just identified with this dude. And I remember through our interpreter, we talked to him and his whole thing was just like, he was, he was not a Ba'ath party member like Saddam was right. He was, um, right. he was somebody who felt more confident after the fall of Saddam to get out there and try and make money more legitimately. Um, but yeah, all I remember him saying is like, I just, he just wanted the best for his kids. And he had a five and a seven year old kid. Right. And mm -hmm. I just remember like this, I feel like I was talking to the Iraqi version of my father. That's like, that's what I felt like. Like that dude was just out there. 
And that was my dad. My dad worked his fucking ass off. He always did extra shifts. He always did everything extra he could to provide for my brother and I. And so I remember feeling that way about this guy. And I don't know whatever happened to him after that. Cause like I said, eventually we couldn't go out there anymore, but yeah. I, I still see that dude's face as clear as I'm looking at you right now, Matt. Like that's yeah. what I see and identified with. And, and I really, I feel like my experience, especially then, cause I was 22, I think when I got to Iraq, like that's when I grew up like that whole time, my 16 months over there is when I really grew up. And, um, there was a lot of this life and world, especially where I came from that I took for granted. You know, mm -hmm. until you get to see the mm -hmm. other side of how things are. Um, yeah. But I needed to, because if I didn't, I, who knows where I'd be and what I'd be doing or what I'd be thinking. And I, I definitely wouldn't be what I am or who I am today. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of yeah. my no, take I, on, I, on that, especially when it comes to religion, because we could use that as a big dividing point. But I think you need mm -hmm. to look through it and kind of see the faith aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're 100 percent right, man. Uh, that's a great way to look at it and view it. Um, you know, I, I had a, um, you know, just, just kind of figure it out, right. That, you know, it's, it's bigger than us, right. We, things, things out there, we should, we should strive for, for things that are bigger than us um, and not necessarily think of us first. Um, and I, you know, for you, I mean, I, I look at the sacrifice that you and other service members make and, you know, going on those deployments. I mean, you, you are put in, in that, um, you know, for those of us here, we may have gone through something different, but maybe yeah. achieved the same thing in terms of that perspective. Yeah. Right. But in, you know, there might be examples of, Hey, I, I volunteered at, you know, maybe a homeless shelter or something like that, but mm -hmm. just to get you outside of the comfort zone yeah. Yeah. is step number one. And, you know, it's it, it, that's that's kind of a crappy analogy to to compare what you guys did in terms of the deployments overseas. Service, you know, however you serve, right? It is. Yeah, you know, well, that's to, that's it. That's yeah. the that's the phrase is serve. Yeah. Um, and it it can take any kind of different, but you're right. That that's a perfect word for it because yeah. when you serve, you put others before yourself. And I think right. when you do that, then you accomplish and you achieve so much more. Mm -hmm. then you probably even thought you could, you could do yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, that's the joy of receiving and, and not necessarily, you know, or the joy of giving and not receiving. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's another thing, like I, I, throughout my, I think graduate studies is when I first heard the word and I've heard it throughout my career since, but you know, there's a term called servant leadership. Right. And a lot of people mm -hmm. get confused and they think, Oh, you're, when you're the leader, you're in charge. It's like, yeah, there's, you know, implied authority and then there's earned authority. Right. But when you're a servant right. leader, you should be doing everything you can for those that you're you know, charged with leading, you know, your subordinates, yeah. like you should do everything for them to make their lives and their jobs or whatever it is in whatever realm it is, you do that in, you should do whatever you can to make it easier. And that's servant leadership. But that also comes down to just doing something for someone else. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have yeah. to be a formal role, but it's what you're talking about. So maybe you went and did stuff at a homeless shelter or you volunteered in your community. That's servitude right there. That's serving the community that's serving the greater good. And that makes ultimately where you're at and what you're doing. It makes it infinitely better. Yeah. Yeah. People, I think people lose, lose track of how, how many ways you can actually do this on a daily basis. You really yeah. can. Um, if we just get outside of ourselves, but yeah, not, not to harp on too much on that because, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I'm not perfect, 
right? There are plenty of days where I'm selfish and I'm like, man, I'm not going to do that. Or, you know, I'm not patient or, you know, it, it could be any, anything. Right. Um, but yeah, I think when, when we do that, I don't know, it just, it helps everyone. Right. Helps your mood for one thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're angry. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, speaking of mood, I wonder how your mood was last weekend since you said you're. Oh, uh, come on, you had to fan. go there. Yeah, you had to we're go just there. going down the bio, man. That we're just at that next line where it says you're a bulldog. Well, when I I'm wrote Michigan it, fan, I... so we got a we got a we got a date. Oh, you're a Michigan fan. Yeah, you're a Michigan I, I grew fan? up a Michigan fan. You know, obviously, I I I, pull, pull I cheer part. more for UCF since you know I that's my alma mater at this point, and they're decent at football. But yeah, I grew up a Michigan fan, so <laughs> and they're actually See, in the playoff at, finally. I know. I know. Wait, 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 back up for just a second. You say UCF, so you were UCF. Yeah, yeah I graduated. I got my bachelor's from UCF. So. so so now weren't they if you're gonna poke, right? Weren't they the ones that went undefeated, but yet still didn't make the uh, BCS playoff, or was it the playoff at that time, or was that South yeah, they Florida? I think they were they ended up being fifth or sixth. In the yeah. final ring, and they played Auburn, and and they beat Auburn. That's and right. So they, That's they, right. Not only did they they declare themselves the national champions, but there's I can't remember what group it was. They were the AP actually officially oh, declared them. Yeah. yeah, they were officially declared the national champions <laughs> by the AP, which was great because they beat Auburn, and Auburn that year beat Alabama, who ultimately ended up winning the national title. So there you go, undefeated See? 2017 national champs, University of Central Florida. What up? Nice. Just saying. Yeah, so well, now yeah. this year, UCF eight and four. They're about to play Florida, which is great, but they don't have a quarterback. I don't think Florida has a coach yet. It's I'm not watching. Uh, it. Yeah, it's not yeah. worth it. The, they're the rebuilding. It's been a, yeah, yeah, they're rebuilding. Yeah. But I am excited for Michigan and Georgia. I think it's kind of silly that you know, I don't know, man. Like I want Georgia there because I feel like Georgia's better, but they're in the same position that kind of UCF is. They don't really have a, a quarterback they can trust. I was like, come on, you gotta beat Alabama. They're so inconsistent this year. And then they, they get rolled, man. And now they're probably oh, they, going to end up playing them again in the national title. Cause Alabama's going to blow the doors off of Cincinnati. Georgia yeah. will probably beat Michigan. Cause Michigan doesn't have a quarterback either. And so I think you're just going to get Georgia and Alabama in the national title games on a neutral turf somewhere. And I don't, I really don't know how it goes. I want Georgia to win it. Don't get me wrong. Like Georgia has been going through this every year since 1980, man. Like, <laughs> It's the Atlanta sports curse, man. I mean, it's it's the Georgia sports. You just curse. won the World I mean, Series, bro. Come on, what do you mean? <laughs> I know that, I know that, but man, look at how long it took, right? So, anyways, I'll be, right. I'll be honest. Dude, we are. I grew up in baseball. You know, I I played a little bit in college, but yeah, I grew up in that era as a Giants and. Early before that, before Bonds went to the Giants, I was a huge Pirates fan. I still remember fucking Sid Bream, 1992, man. Oh, yes. Yes. Atlanta should have won, like, at least – Atlanta to me was like the – they did win one, but they were like the Buffalo Bills of football. Yeah, They had such a great team. They had four Hall of Fame pitchers, and they only won that one World Series, and they – they should have won so much more. I mean, you had literally. So you go to our stadiums and you see all the flags, and they're all this one color. And then we got this one little red one, and then the rest are blue again. And it's all pennants uh, and not World Series pennants. But you know what? We're proud of the boys, man. They really scrapped it together this year. I mean, the front office and all those guys. I mean, they. You know, God, 
was it Akuna? Is that who they lost? Was that his yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when they lost, I feel bad for that dude because you know, like he's gonna get a ring, but you can't wear that, can you? You can't wear that ring. You didn't. Yeah, no, he totally can. Are you kidding? So Atlanta sports fan here, I'm biased, but man, the beginning of the season, they wouldn't have been in position where they were without him. He was having an MVP year. Oh, no, no he was, but they were 500 before he got hurt, man. Yeah. It's not like they were doing anything. Yeah, but in the worst right. division in the baseball. So here's the gushy part of me, right? So <laughs> at the in the postseason, did you see the guy there? I mean, his presence as a cheerleader on the bench is just as important as in some I know. Ways, I'm just saying personally, know, like, you know, as a player, I, know, I, would have a hard time, I would have a hard time wearing it knowing I didn't get to play. Like I just, and it's nothing against him. I just feel like he's got to feel like a certain kind of way. Like, God damn. Like I, like you just said, he probably could have been the MVP if he was healthy. And it's like, it didn't even matter in the end because this team still went on and won and they should well, have. Who else got a ring? Who else got a ring was Pablo. The panda, he got a ring. I know. He was on the the Giants, you're welcome. The... You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, Matt, I was in the I was in uh, Oracle Park for Game Five when uh, you know Wilmer Flores did not swing at that strike three and the Dodgers won. <laughs> Dude, we oh, sat there. Man. We just sat there for like thirty minutes, just like, is this? I would be have. They're not reviewing it. And then I went to Twitter like two minutes after that call, and I was like, he didn't swing. Oh my god, he really didn't swing. And it, because hey, that was show. your mistake. You should have never gone to Twitter, man. Oh, you had no. So that, and then I walked just, out because, yeah. you know, uh-huh. whether it's the Giants or the Dodgers State, like, there's always a lot of fans from each team there, man. It's fucking yeah. I and y'all that. have bad blood together. I hate the Dodgers fans, yeah. bro. Like they're yeah. they're all criminals, and it's crazy how they all managed to be out on parole at the same time. I don't understand. <laughs> degenerates all of them nice. you're a dodgers fan and you'd listen to this you should unsubscribe uh, <laughs> i'm just kidding don't um listen, Bill. Uh, listen. yeah no my one of my so my old commander we're, we're good friends he's a good dude uh, but he's a huge huge dodgers fan he's from southern california and we just talk shit to each other all the time but <laughs> yeah uh no that was good that was a great series it just sucked it because did. you know the i i did get to watch i think like a a month before the playoff. It was the last series where the Braves were here for San Francisco. I got to watch them play together. So it was nice to get to see both. Oh, that was a good one for you guys. It yeah. was, it was good, but no, I was, it's, it was cool to see. Cause even the Astros, I watched the, the giants play the Astros this year and they, they beat the mm-hmm. doors off of them. Um, so it was nice. I got to see like the world series teams at some point, I got to watch the best teams play. Nice. I went to, a lot. I went to probably like 30 games this year, man. It was great. Holy cow, man. Yeah. It was, so I bought this little season ticket package for the outfield. And then I would always upgrade my tickets to like one of the suite levels. Cause yeah. kind of like sweet levels, right. You got to enclose, yeah. you know, yeah. climate Cooler, control. Yeah. there's totally. a bullet bar. Oh, nice. Where I get my $16 barrel strength shots, but yeah. Oh, geez, dude. But sometimes it is pretty cool to like Oracle park. I don't know. Have you ever been out to San Francisco and been to a giants game? I've never been to a game. I've been, and by there when it was called AT&T Park. So okay, yeah, many yeah, years well, ago. yeah. But that this the, like there's no bad seats there, man. Like they're all. No, I believe it. Yeah, I love. Yeah. Like I've been to just about every section. There's one section I want to get to this year on top of the wall, like right out there. Oh uh, the yeah. yeah, I'm gonna do that this year and the next this season coming up. Other than that, I've been in every possible section and I just love it, man. I, I went actually the last series they played the Padres. I never saw him play the Padres, and I wanted to see Tatis Jr. play. So I got, uh, yeah, I got seats just behind, just behind home field or home yeah. plate. 
Tatis goes out and goes four for four that game. The Padres win. I was like, well, I got to see Tatis, but I also got to see him just fucking dominate because that dude's an incredible player for 22 years old. It just blows my mind. Yeah, no, he, he is yeah. incredible. So, so when, I, when my son and I play the show, um, you know, we do like the, the home run derby or whatever. We always fight over Tatis and we always put it on the, on the uh, polo grounds. Because center field is center like, like 440 feet. feet. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And he's, we're like, all right, who can hit it out of here? So, that's yeah. Funny. Yeah, I play yeah. that game all the time. I got myself. I think I'm in, like, it's 2029. I got back-to-back World Series. Yeah, I'm killing it right now, man. I love that game. <laughs> Great game. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that is, baseball is huge. Uh, I love, love, love baseball. I'll I tell you what, so tangent on this one, I, I – um. Grew up a Braves fan, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But then when I went to college, I went through what I would call cable shock. So growing <laughs> up, we didn't have cable, right? We had like three channels, and yeah. you know, one of them was TBS where we watched Watching wrestling. Your local, yeah, TBS. You had your local cable network, though, man. It, well, it, just like it's like me. I, I wish to watch a ton of Cubs games growing up because WGN. So there you go. So when I went to college and I went through cable shock and I had all these channels. All I wanted to watch was WGN and the Weather Channel. So I don't know why the Weather Channel fascinated me, but it did. And I could spend hours there watching yeah. it. It's ridiculous. So anyways, so graduating from college, um, I think I sold a car or something. So I had a little bit of spending cash. And I was like, all right, I want to go to Wrigley. I want to see a game. So convinced my dad to take some time off. We went on probably the one of the only father-son trips we ever went on. And went up, saw Cubs game. They played the Braves. So we flew up on a plane that was full of, like, all these Atlanta people. <laughs> Total great experience. Braves won. Then we ate dinner at Harry Carey's restaurant in Chicago that night. Nice. And, like, Mark Grace and Mike oh, Moore. Man, I love Mark Grace. One table over. Why is Mark uh, yeah, Grace not in the Hall of Fame? I love that dude, man. I know, man. I He's know. like the great, Will Clark great. of the Giants. Like, those two yes. dudes are yes. studs. But it's funny you say that. You said the father-son thing. So, yeah, I just did yeah. father-daughter thing, right? September 11th, yeah. you know, I was in – I took my daughter to Wrigley Field. We watched the Giants. Same story. It was September 11th. They had this amazing tribute for September 11th. But, yeah, I flew into Chicago. I'm, I'm on a plane with a ton of Giants fans, you know, because the Giants, <laughs> you know, they were in first place at the time, and they were just holding on. But, yeah, like we went, go to Wrigley Field for the first time, watch the, the Giants blew the doors off of the Bra- or the, the Cubs. It was like 15 to 4. It was a great game to watch. Um, but, yeah, first first game in Wrigley with my daughter. That was cool. and It's a good time. It's always fun when they win, right? You don't want your team yeah. to actually lose when you go watch it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> Yeah, no, there. that's cool, man. The train yeah. took the subway back into the city. Like Wrigley's a cool spot. I, I – Probably should have went to a White Sox game. I just, I didn't get around to it. You know, it's, it's, not uh, I, yeah. I've been to Chicago many, 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 many times, but I've never been to a White Sox. Really? Game. Wow. Okay. Yeah. In they fact, a my kid, new stadium, right? Didn't they build like a new one yeah, back in the mid 2000s or something? Yeah. 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 I love, that's one of my things. My brother, too, is like, I love stadiums. Like, oh, you do? Cool. Yeah. It's yeah. A, and I've yeah. been in some dumps, man. Like, where the A's play <laughs> here in Oakland? Oh, yeah. It's oh, horrible. God. Like, they yeah. put some new little areas in there, but for the most part, the bones are still the bones, right? And it's, yeah. It, it reminds me of the Citrus Bowl bad. in Orlando, which is where the UCF <laughs> used to play. And yeah. Citrus Bowl is still there. They still host bowl games every year and they've renovated it. But, man, it's a dump. Like, yeah, yeah. it's in the one of the yeah. worst areas of Orlando. It's, it just sucks. And that's what the A's, the Coliseum reminds me of. It's like, 
it was probably really cool back in the 50s and 60s when it was you know new but you look at these yeah. stadiums built now man it's it, it, it so doesn't... what's going on with the A's there are they going to get the new stadium are they going to move the team I, I i honestly don't know like there's there's talks i've read in the media about so oakland has this waterfront area that they're trying to kind of reinvigorate and, and put a lot of money into and they're putting restaurants and stuff down there the problem is man it's just like the warriors they moved from you know oracle arena over they built yeah. their new arena in san francisco across the bay or across the water and it, it's the same thing it's like all the money's in san francisco and then yeah. right on the other side of the you know the water you have oakland that's kind of just there where people that live in san francisco who can't afford to they they sure. work or work there they okay. live in oakland right right the with oakland man it's just it, there's not enough money and i honestly don't <clears throat> i don't know enough about oakland athletics ownership to know you know what type of money they have yeah but i have seen talks of like a possible waterfront park kind of like the the giants have sure but also honestly there's still so where the giants park is about a block and a half behind that is where they built the new arena and there's honestly space man I, i would not be surprised if if there was some sort of deal to put a fucking a's park in a similar area because there's space to do it now obviously that would not be the oakland a's and that wouldn't be conducive to the name but you know the san francisco 49ers don't play in san francisco anymore they play in fucking santa clara which ain't right exactly those who don't know it's not all right yeah it's the same thing going on with the bears in chicago like the 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 bears owners just bought that arlington park or arlington heights you know race park for 197 million or whatever so you know they're gonna build a new stadium because soldier field Yeah. Soldier Field's cool, and I know it's been renovated, and it's a it's got a cool structure and a lot of history. Um, but it's a fucking dump. Like there's like two entrances in. I remember I went to a game back in 2018. It literally took me like 45 minutes to get through the gate into the stadium. Like I'd never seen something so inefficient in my life. Yeah, I was I like, this is, this is the original franchise. Get to your seats because of the stairs. It all. I didn't care because I was just caught up in the moment, like, oh, wow, I'm finally at Soldier Field. But, you know, in retrospect, and I look at all the other places I've been to, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Have you ever been to uh, any of the MLS stadiums? Uh, Well, so from when I was still living in Orlando, I went to an Orlando City game, but they were not in their new stadium. They were playing, I think they played in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, they played in the yeah. Citrus Bowl at the time. They built a new state, uh, like a new soccer-specific stadium further downtown, but I've never been to that one. And I went to a San Jose Quakes game, but they play where Stanford football plays on the Stanford campus. I uh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Some Stanford some of these stadiums are like right on top of the field, so you know. That's, you're, yeah, I think that's like how our city It's kind of like an underground bowl-looking yeah. area. Yeah, it, it seems cool. Yeah. It's just yeah, nothing close enough for me to go to. Yeah. So There's I made that guy. mistake, right? We went what, what? to a San Jose Quakes game. We got free tickets. We drove to the game. We're there in plenty of time. We were like, all right, let's just drive onto the campus of Stanford and go park and get into the stadium that way. Rather than parking yeah. on the street, which we should have done. Uh, uh, by the time we were able to park through the traffic on the stadium, they were in the 67th minute of the game. That's how long it took. Yeah, it took, dude, it took like four and a half hours to get from where we were at to where the game actually started. It was stupid. It was so dumb. Wow. Never, never will do that again. And it still costs like 40 bucks to park. I'm That's like, the game, there's say, like yeah. 10 minutes left in the game. You're going to charge me full price. What's going on? Yeah. Like, 
Ah, dude. Crazy. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, well. Well, I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, we've been to obviously some Atlanta United games here, and that that's an experience and, and things like that. So um, that's in. I mean, yeah, it's a football stadium too, though. Um, but the experience is still fun. So where do they play in Atlanta? They don't play in the dome, do they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, did they really? Yeah. What? That seems dude, way too man. big for soccer. Nah, dude, they pack it out, man. The first couple of years what? when they were starting, and they still so they've got three levels in the in the bins, and yeah, usually they just do the first two crazy levels. Crazy looking stadium. Like, huh? That's a crazy looking stadium from the outside. Oh, it's, like, it's, oh yeah, it's awesome. It looks, it looks insane, like the man. camera lens and all. Yeah. 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 So you got to go, man. You got to, if you have an opportunity. Well, I went, so I, I took my, so when I was a drill sergeant at Fort Benning, once upon a time in Georgia, I oh, took yeah. my dad to a bears Falcons Sunday night game. It was in 2009, I think Cutler. They threw the touchdown. Uh, yeah. I think they threw a touchdown, like on the last drive to win the game. Um, but I remember like being in the old Atlanta stadium and those, it just kind of solid. It's nothing against these. This is, this is not an indictment on Atlanta. This is just, an indictment on the NFL and its fans in general. It's just like careful, careful. They're the worst fans in the fucking all of sports oh, or man. NFL fans, man. Like we were there and I'm sitting there with my dad and I felt embarrassed for him. Like these fans are just belligerent. Like we, we grew up going to Philly games in, in Philadelphia, Eagles, Phillies. No, 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 no. no. no NFL fans I'm, are the worst. All the crap on that, man. All no, <laughs> they're the worst of any sport. Basketball fans are great. Baseball fans are great. NFL fans are like, oh, it's my one chance of the week. Let me act like a drunk, belligerent idiot. And that's kind of uh, what well, my experience yeah, all right. was. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I was right. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Well, NFL fans. So I'm not saying Atlanta NFL No, fans. no, no. I said, no, I'm, I'm speaking on NFL fans. All NFL fans. If you go to right, a right. football game and you are a member of an opposing team's <laughs> fan group, not gonna be a good time for you. Now the Chicago game I went to, I thought it was great. It was fine. It was yeah. fun. Everyone was cold and freezing, and they was playing against the Cowboys, and they actually won. And I hate the Cowboys, so yeah, well, you can all yeah. unite behind that. Yeah, um, but no, like, and it it wasn't. It was just, yeah. I just I I prefer to watch NFL football at home on a couch. Yeah, or in a ball. You you can go see baseball in person. I like that. Oh, baseball absolutely yeah. in person. I I could watch. I swear, if I had tickets for every game, I'd be at every game. Yeah. Well, man, some people think uh, baseball's too slow and this and that. Yeah, Dude, you know I what they are? What? Those are people who just are dumb. <laughs> All right? You yeah. tell them I said that, Matt. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will. They don't have an appreciation for the history of baseball. and the, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, so yeah, many nuances that go on exactly. that I don't think people really realize that. And you know that because you played that. but. Right. You know, as a casual observer, most people aren't going to recognize that. But, man, I love – that. that's what I love about Wrigley. It's like you look around, they're daggone people still scoring a baseball yeah. game. Yeah, every, that, I didn't notice that. Anywhere. Like, There's two guys around me, one guy behind me and a guy in front of me. They're, they're doing the old school scoring thing. Like, yeah. Very like, informed. Like, their, their fans were very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable fan yeah. right there. Uh, yeah. which I hear a lot about St. Louis as well. Like my commander, yeah. I was telling you about it. He's a Dodgers fan. He lives in St. Louis now. He said, same thing. Like St. Louis fans, they're all, they're still keeping yep. score, man, which I think is awesome. That's fucking cool. Cause that's not easy. All right. People think no. that's easy. That's not like you take it for granted. We play the game, the show, right. They show your little thing at the end. Like, yeah, no, that stuff's, you got to pay attention. That's good stuff. That's right. Man. That's right. You either, you either got to look up quickly or you got to <laughs> know exactly how to score it. Right. Yeah, you so. do. 
That's cool, man. That's what I love about baseball is it because it, it is unlike any other sport, especially live is. And that's what I, my brother and I were talking about this over Thanksgiving is like you get into announcers, like NFL announcers. I, there's a lot of times where I just watch the game on mute, man. Like I, there's, there, but with baseball, there's so much time to fill is like, it takes talent to be a baseball, a much more talent, I think, than being a football announcer or basketball because there's constant yeah. action. They don't really, they just say what happens. Baseball, you got to fill the space. You look at the greats, like like the Vin Scullys of the world where they had this constantly right. tell a story in between pitches or in between innings. Like that right. stuff's awesome. Like John Miller for the Giants. Like those yeah. are actual broadcasters where you take and you actually listen to them and you want to hear them just as much as you want to watch the game. And you can do both. Can't do yeah. it with football. You got to watch the fucking game or basketball, which I haven't watched basketball in three years. But yeah. with football, like, yeah, I will literally. I'm I'm more comfortable with no volume. I'd rather not hear anything and just watch the game. The one thing I'll say, so I was watching Monday Night Football last night with uh, Peyton and Eli. Yeah, yeah, that's what I watch. I, I watch that now. I don't watch the regular yeah. broadcast, man. I didn't even know there was another broadcast. I was telling the wife, <laughs> this is much more exciting. And she was staying there watching it with me. I was like, yeah. isn't this good? Yeah, that's like, what I was watching. Dave Letterman. Yeah, 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 Dave Letterman shows up. Who was the other guy yeah. that was on there? They had, Jack, they had Joe Buck. Joe Buck, Joe Buck was on there. Yeah. And then who does a lot of baseball? Player, Joe Buck's I mean, a way better baseball announcer than he is football. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, he gets that from his dad, right? I mean, Jack, yeah, Jack Buck. Buck. Jack yeah, Buck. Yeah. yeah. So wouldn't he Cardinals, right? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was a Cardinals guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he all yeah. comes back to the fucking Cardinals at some point. Yeah, exactly. Well, Harry Carey, man. Same yeah, thing. Yeah, I see. That's where I remember WGN growing up. Fucking Harry Gary. You know, and I went to Wrigley. You probably saw it too, where you got that statue of him out there with his big oh, yeah. ass fucking yeah. glasses, man. Dude, I uh, so that that year after I uh, went on the father son trip to Wrigley. So my dad passed away that year, and I was planning to go with him the following year. Well, it turns out my sister followed up on this, and the catcher for the Cubs at the time was Rick Wilkins. Yeah, <laughs> Rick Wilkins. The, you know Rick? I know who that guy Rick Wilkins is. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. his team. So he had gone to Furman. So he actually called my sister because she told him the story about my dad passing and all that, and. He was like, next time you're up, you know, let me know. I'll take care of you. So she did that. She surprised me. We ended up in the dugout at Wrigley watching batting practice. What? I'm awesome. beside Billy Williams and Mark Parent and Sammy comes in and Grace comes in. And, dude, I'm just like, this is awesome. I didn't even ask for autographs or anything. I was just soaking it in. Oh, yeah, I know. That's the best part is, man. Like, you know, I I like that kind of like what you do. Like, I'm I'm not an autograph person. I don't care about anything. I get some people do, but it's not my thing. Like, just – Taking that experience is um, there's something we did for Veterans Day two years ago now at this point when the Warriors opened up in their new stadium is they let us come down and kind of hang out on the on the court for pregame and watch them do warm ups and everything. And like, you know, there's dudes five feet in front of you, you know, yeah. just warming up, shooting three pointers and stuff. And you're just sitting there watching it like that's that's such, it's so cool to see people in their environment. Right. And I get yeah. it. Nobody probably wants to see us do what we do on a daily day basis. But when you watch from a sports perspective, most people are never going to get that. Like no one, most people are never going to sit in a dugout and watch batting practice. Most people right. are going to sit courtside and watch these guys warm up. You don't get to experience that. And yes, I get it. Our sports are very unique for the most of us in the United States. And, but you know, there's sports all around the world that people still have that same amount of admiration and, and, mm-hmm. and that, that, you know, the reverence for, but yeah, when yeah. you see that, like it's, it's a whole nother, but it also shows you, at least from my perspective, it just shows you 
the gap between like how good I was and where I got to. And then like, you see these guys like, all right, that's a different level, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what position do you play, man? Well, I went to college and pitched. You did. Holy cow. In high man. school. I, I played third base my senior year. I moved to first. And, uh, but it, and when yeah. I wasn't playing, I, I, I pitched, um, and I was, I, I would have preferred not to be a pitcher in college, but yeah. that's that's not yeah. how the talent. You're world. righty or lefty? I was a righty. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <clears throat> yeah. You, you come here and teach me how to throw a curveball because my son he keeps trying to to figure it out, and I'm like, I I don't know. You don't want to hurt your arm and all this stuff. You remember the health? <laughs> well, as long thing. as you throw it the proper way, you can't hurt your arm. I know, right? It's, so it's, I need you to come so, teach us. Well, yeah, I I got you. I'll I'll make you a little video, man. Like curveball. Right. Remember the curveball drills? We because I learned the proper way to throw it when I got to college. Yeah. But yeah. No, I'll tell you what. You tell your son the best pitch to throw is a circle changeup. Is the absolute circle. best pitch. You can yeah. Circle changeup. Yeah. Uh, I'll send you videos on both the curveball drill and then the, the circle yeah. changeup. But you know what? All you need in this world are two pitches, man. You need a fastball and a circle changeup. Everything else will take care. As long as you can hit your spots, you're good. <laughs> All right. And that might have yeah, been my problem. That might have been my yeah. problem. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't so know where it was going, man. You know, I just I do you still it. play. I mean, I play softball. Play, I play like softball friends? once okay. a week, man. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. There's me and my my old CrossFit gym. We play softball once a week, and we're all stupid competitive. And most of us played past high school or some minor league ball, yeah. so we still take our our weekly softball appearances very very serious. That's um, awesome, man. So it's all this mid, like I, I did fucking some... old team though, man. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Bunch of dudes your age just beat them, but they they you couldn't get them out. They just kept fucking knocking oh. singles and doubles nonstop. And we're like, what the fuck? And we so we See, lost. Yeah, like three runs. that's all. That's, that's all softball, though, man. Like you don't need to be good. You just need to hit it <laughs> in the right spot. That's all softball. Dude, it's like tennis, man. Come on, right? Exactly. People out there playing tennis and they're just like same. Yep. You look at these dudes. I'm like that dude's sixty double in the gap i'm like come on man. right yeah you can't do nothing about yeah. it because you're just not there physically to feel the ball but yeah so um, <laughs> that was the first time we've lost in three years which really sucks because <laughs> i hate uh, losing more than anything doesn't matter what it is i i am a poor sport when it comes to losing i'm yeah. i'm i'm graceful in winning but i there's nothing more i hate in life than losing in anything i would never take you for a poor loser i mean <laughs> yeah. i've only known you for like what two weeks and yeah i yeah it would never take you no, for a poor no loser. i i am not a big fan of losing at all okay. um, all right well you know yeah. so that's that that's man good. all right let me let me see what else we got here on you on the old bio as i just picked up my my little kitty here I, we got frank let me see if i can get him up on the camera he usually makes oh uh, there he is. Oh, there's Frank. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's up, buddy? All he's right. a good-looking cat, man. He's a great-looking cat. He's a tuxedo. He's We we busted him out of the, the Napa County jail a couple months ago. He's, he he's is, great, man. man. He's, he's a, he's a awesome. sweetheart. And now he's going to try and eat the mic. All right. Yeah, oh, yeah. That. Uh, yeah, you were talking about, so your goal is to get into Wyoming, and you like a bourbon from there. Before yeah, he dude. sat on me, I was going to get you, because I got, I got a Wyoming – their standard one and then i got their wyoming 100 proof that's you got you got this the small batch yeah yeah so that's the stand right okay he just yeah. moved so check this one out right all right and, and, uh, all right buddy, you sit there I'm, I'm pretty sure i've had this on the show but so you got this one which is the double yeah. cask right oh yeah 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 yeah. So the double cask, uh finished in sherry cask it's 100 proof so yeah. a little it takes the proof up a notch which actually, yeah. you know what? I'm going to finish with this, Matt, because I'm glad you brought it up because this stuff's amazing. 
like they make great stuff and i think a lot of people take it for granted because they don't they're like oh wyoming i'm like yo these, these guys hey, make some good stuff you are absolutely right man i had one of my friends that that's more of a bourbon connoisseur than me i'm i'm pretty much a novice when it comes to this mm -hmm. stuff right he was like oh no that that's probably they're probably just shipping stuff from kentucky out there and no, no they're not <laughs> so, so, you know what i did i reached out to to them and i said set them straight right yeah. and the guy david defazio out there at wyoming whiskey yeah. Yeah, got yeah. in touch with my friend and told oh, him really? the whole story <laughs> that's awesome i was like told you so yeah. so i'm i'm true to them man i yep. i i'll be like driving through because i you know i got my little cross-country trip coming you know, up i saw your daughter. tweet dude and i was like I, i'm gonna talk to him the other night i said that that's where you need to stop you need to stop and see dave defazio over i there. wish i what? could man i really do i don't i don't think i will be able to but while Herbie's i'm in the state of, of wyoming <laughs> yeah i will yeah. be stopping in wyoming though to pick up some stuff because i did it last year i think that's where i found mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. uh or one of these i've yeah, I was able to pick up a few store picks in Utah. Just as soon as I got over the border into U or Wyoming, I was able to stop at a little spot. And there was a really great liquor store. I just, I think I missed them by about a week on some of the stuff I really wanted, but they had some great store picks nice. stuff down there. Uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, there's nothing more I love than just driving and, and finding random spots. Cause that's what people, if people want to try and find the bourbons that they can't find, you're not going to get them at a fucking chain. You're just not. Uh, yeah, you're and right. You got to have relationships, unfortunately. Not that it's unfortunate, but you have to have relationships in this world to get what you want. And especially when it comes to bourbon. Sure. No, absolutely. Oh, stuff's so good. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Nice cinnamon. Cinnamon in there and, and other stuff. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how's the holiday looking, man? You guys sticking around local? What's going on? Yeah, no, we're sticking around local. Yeah, um, nothing, nothing exciting or anything like that. So just, just kind of hanging at the house, dude. That's good. So, man. how about you? You are you doing this cross country trip? Well, I'm gonna, holiday? yeah, I'm gonna drive out, you know, to Illinois to return this ferret my daughter abandoned last year. Um, <laughs> What's the ferret's name? River. Oh, that's a good name for a ferret. Great names. Like I'll give my daughter credit. She comes up with good names. Um. It, it should have been demon because that's essentially what the fucking uh, thing is. She's a fucking. Do the cats demon. actually get along with the ferret? They do get yet? along with it. The ferret actually runs both of them. Like the ferret right. is in charge. You know, was, okay. I, I was surprised. We had, a, we had a brief introduction last year um, with the older cat, and that went well. And then, like I said, Frank, he's fresh out of prison. So they yeah. get along, but Frank's really not interested. And, uh, Frank don't want to piss anybody off because he don't want to go back to prison. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's just a chiller, man. He just likes to chill, and the ferret always wants to like bite that the Frank on the butt. It's pretty sad, uh, uh, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she'll be gone, and then I'm gonna come back. Uh, I should be back here like the 21st, I think, and then on the 23rd we're gonna fly over to Virginia and hang out there for Christmas, and then come cool. back. Yeah. Nice. I'm in my I'm in my countdown to get out of the fucking army. I can't wait. I'd leave tonight if I could, but I can't. So <laughs> I am ready, man. Ready for the next chapter. There you go. What is next chapter? Uh, I have a real job, so that's good. I got a real job lined up with uh, one oh. of the guys. I I don't know if you know Walt Nazoliak on Twitter. You should another guy. You should find. I see. These are all people you need to let me know who I need to follow. Yeah, so no, I'm gonna, cool. I'm gonna, uh, I won't DM you tonight. I will tomorrow because tonight I'll just forget. But tomorrow I will. 
It's fine. Braxton and Walt put you in touch with them, especially Braxton, because I think you guys, I think there's potential for a good professional relationship there with what you do with the horse therapy and what he does and what he does with vets, et cetera. So yeah, man. Uh, if not, at worst case, you guys, you know, you have a good little friendship going because I think you have a lot yeah, of fun. So it'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, other than that, man, like I said, I, I've, it'll be 20 years next month in the army. I cannot wait to get out. Cannot wait. Counting down. Awesome. Counting Dude, that, down. That's, that's a huge accomplishment though, Eric. I mean, look at it, man, 20 years. So that, yeah, and doing by. what you did, huh? It it's flew flown by. by. It really has. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It's flown by, but, um, you know, I'm not trying to, to, to downplay it or anything, but I do remember like loving it. Like my, my, I was probably like in my second year and I just remember, man, I love this shit. And I remember talking to one of my older senior non-commissioned officers and he's like, you know what, you you'll know when it's time to get out. I'm like, get out. Why the fuck would I ever want to get out? And now I know exactly yeah, what he go. meant. Cause yeah. like yeah. it is time, it is time for me to get out and I cannot wait. And I am counting down, counting down the yeah. days, man. You're itching and stirring because you know you need to be doing something else, and that's that's all right, yeah. man. Yeah, that's I mean that's what it is, you know. And uh, like I said, I've 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 done well, I've, but my 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 course has been run, and I am ready to move yeah. on. Awesome. So, yeah. Um. So. Yeah, dude. No Christmas plans, but are you a New Year's guy? Nah, I mean you know a little bit. We ring in the New Year's. We got some really really close friends of ours. We'll probably uh, get together with them in the neighborhood here. Um, but funny story. So the the reason I love Wyoming so much is these friends of ours. We went on this trip out west. We called it our Wild West adventure. We packed ourselves in a fifteen passenger passenger van oh my and drove three thousand miles what? in this big circle around Colorado. Oh yeah, dude. Wow, damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I'll tell you what, driving across the country is an amazing experience. Last year, I did it from here to Tennessee. Yeah. The best part about as soon as I got into Tennessee, my transmission went out. Oh, (laughs) that was great. That was great. So, what kind of mechanic did you attend there in Tennessee, right? Oh, Oh, no, I mean, the mechanic was fine. It's just, you know, when. Cause you know, my truck wasn't waiting until then. Yeah. 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 No, but I, I did come to find out that, it was, you know, if I'm, if I'm honest with myself, it was, it was probably my fault for having automatic four wheel drive and four wheel drive the whole time, but whatever. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, it was in four wheel auto and I thought that was the thing to do. And then I went and researched yeah, no. it and I was like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. So yeah. But you know, after you 70, towing anything or right. No. So I think 79,000 miles, man, is about what it made before it went out. So now we're fine. It's brand new yeah. and good. You know, it's been a yeah. good year looking forward to that drive coming up again. But so yeah, that was last year. Um, but it's cool, man. Like, cause I, I drove through, so I'm out here in California, Northern California in the Bay area, yeah. drove through up through Tahoe, through Reno, Salt Lake, Cheyenne. Last year I went through, Colorado, Missouri, over to Tennessee. This year, I'm going Salt Lake, Cheyenne, Omaha, Illinois, yeah. and then back. So yeah. it's just cool, man, to watch like the country change. Like I, yeah. I just remember going through Kansas last year, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? Like, there's nothing yeah. there. It's just completely uh. flat. There's not. I get the. I, I drive past Fort Riley. It was like the first time I saw trees <laughs> in Kansas, and I'm like, "Wow, there's trees." And those are yeah. gone pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it's Dude, there's nothing from Kansas all the way to eastern Colorado until you get to Denver and then the Rockies. All yeah, like those show up. Yeah, I, I, drove through, yeah. I, I think well, what's that Fort Collins where all the breweries are? Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. That was cool. Like that was a cool little area. And then same thing though. Like, yeah, like I remember when I left Denver and I started driving, I'm like, wow, look at these giant fucking mountains in my rear view. Those were pretty cool. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the, and then those are the red rocks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think I I'm pretty sure I don't know if I did or not went through Nebraska last year. I may have, but I'm curious to see how Omaha looks. That's where I'll be stopping one night. I mean, I, I already know how Wyoming is just it's just windy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. You know, just wind blowing across the road but it's beautiful it's, it's beautiful scenery man especially once you get through salt lake and you get up through those yeah. mountains it's fucking awesome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. then coming so, back, i'm coming back through vegas and coming south because i'm trying to avoid tahoe is that when you're going to the game or no different time? No, i'm gonna watch the game i'm gonna watch a, a game in vegas on the on the 20th they're playing the vikings the bears okay uh, it's it, it no it'll be a it's a monday night game but i'm coming I'm, I'm specifically going to vegas this time on the way back to avoid having to go through reno and tahoe because I'm already missing the snow this time. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and uh, yeah. I made the, I didn't make the mistake. I just didn't know. Like, I think the second year I was out here, I drove through Reno and I just escaped like a massive fucking snowstorm. Like, yeah. I know Reno and Tahoe enough to know that you don't want to get stuck there when it's snowing. <laughs> and I have a four wheel drive truck. I'm cool. But there's a very big difference between driving and, and skiing. Right. And I don't want to do that. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit Vegas and I'm going to come South and go around everything and, and avoid it. But yeah, that's uh-huh. the scenic route. That's for sure. But it's probably love, it's, what's cool about Vegas is like, most people don't know this. Right. So if you do ever, I don't know if you would have this reason, but if you ever are in Vegas and you decide to come the Northern route, like you'll go through Northern Nevada and then back around through Reno yeah. and then right. Dude, that's like a trip through time. Because oh, you're yeah. gonna go through some towns in Nevada that are, that from they haven't changed in a hundred years, man. It still looks uh-huh. like 1921 out there, and it's really cool. Like, don't get me wrong, it, it it's a cool thing, but yeah, like time has definitely stopped in some of those areas. Because Nevada, everyone, all people know about Nevada is Vegas, and some people might know Reno, but they don't know. There's a huge fucking state out there. That's a big ass state, and all people know are two cities. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Carson City, Virginia City. There's some old ass. There's some cool old towns that like straight out of the West, and they haven't changed, man. You you still got the wooden walkways, the boardwalks, and all that. Serious? Yeah, like why are they building sets in, man? Just go go film out there. (laughs) There, Nothing else there. There's some cool stuff in the vibe, man. There's a lot of history. Like that's the thing. Like I know you're talking about, like you love history and all, but. Yeah. I don't know how much of like the Western history you studied. I've, I've learned oh, yeah, a little yeah. bit from Braxton. He's pointed out some, another one of his books he's working on, but the history of the West, I don't really know much. Of. Like I grew up in Florida, man. Like I know Florida history and I know like the typical American history from like the sanitized U S Eastern seaboard. Right. But the history <laughs> of the West is crazy, especially when you drive through it or you experience it. Like, I I remember going through and taking my daughter to one of the the gold mines, like the original gold, like the last yeah. working gold yeah. mine here. And like Maddie and I went there a few months ago. Like that's incredible. Like that blows your mind when you walk through it and see it, and you walk down the shaft that you're you're you know 40, 50 feet under, and you just look and it goes forever. Like that's yeah. crazy. That's real history that you don't learn on the East Coast, but you have to experience that stuff out here. And when you do see it and experience it, it's cool as shit, right, babe? See, she got it. Yep. <laughs> she um, agrees. Yeah, yeah. Like that stuff to me, uh, I, I, I even going through Tahoe, like the first time I ever drove up Tahoe on 80, like one of the rest stops on Donner Pass. And you're like, oh, shit, this is where the Donner party was like, right, that's right. a brutal 
recollection and revisitation of history like that actually happened and you're like holy shit this is yeah. where that was and it's yep. it's pretty awful but that shit happened dude yeah no i agree yeah i'm big on the west western history or the history of the west i mean deadwood is a great example you ever been to deadwood yeah. i have not i would love to go visit i had a i have a buddy who lives out in leeds which i think is near yeah, deadwood yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I would love to see that. I watched yeah, like, the show for a season, right, Ben? Deadwood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There All you right, go. whatever. Yeah, I, I watched. It does look cool. Like that stuff is pretty cool to me. And I honestly, I think I would have loved kind of living in that time frame, man. I think. It, I think. It, I think it does. I think it would have been cool. Like I'm pretty brutal when I need to be. No. What's up, cats? All right, we're getting overrun <laughs> at this point. It's all good, man. That, that's why I sequester myself downstairs in the basement. So yeah, I, well, I don't have a basement right now. I would love to have a house with a basement. Yeah. She won't allow me to. It's in due time, man. In due time. Can we get a house with a basement? <laughs> Not if we want to live in a city. I, I, whatever. It's a conversation they, for another time. I'm going to get mad yeah, on the podcast. And yeah, no, us arguing about real back estate. Into that one. <laughs> Babe, next week. Oh, wait, I can't. I'll be driving. <laughs> You're yeah. digging the hole. Digging the yep, hole. Just digging the hole. Hey. There's, Matt, there's Maddie. <laughs> right. um, yeah. So, yeah. No, I love this. Uh, and uh, I think Braxton was working on a book about, I want to, I don't know if it was him or if I'm just attributing this to him, but. You know, there's this there's this story of this uh, like this ten year old girl who just makes her way to the West with nothing but like a pair of sandals mm-hmm. and like the clothes that she has with her. And I'm just like that, that. It's not even uncommon. Like that's what was going on back then. And like yeah. again, ten yeah. year old. And I'm thinking like, oh my god, <clears throat> I can't have my daughter outside playing. You know, it's just right. like the stuff that we. We charge our like kids. live in real live Oregon Trail. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think I don't know. Do you follow? Here. Do you follow Javier Goya on Twitter? Come on, stop asking me, man. Right, you're there's like, another, young, you're there's a, another guy. I'm going to put you in touch. Write with. it another, down. Another guy you would down. love. Another so, guy you send me love. my notes later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I got you. All right. So we got Braxton. We got Javier. What was the other one? Uh, I can't remember because I I got Dan, Father Dan. Okay, yeah. Well, you already got him. Yeah, yeah. Braxton was someone. Um, as Frank tries to break into the door there. Yeah. So no, I'll get you. I'll get you Braxton, and I'll get you. Uh, I'll get you Javier awesome. tomorrow for sure. Um, but yeah, man. All right, brother. I appreciate hey, you coming on, hanging out, drinking a little yeah. bit with me. I know you. Thank, thanks for the bourbon, man. I really hey, appreciate it. Thank man. you for I following. I really enjoyed the conversation, man. So yeah, I got told I, the wife, I was like, it's totally random, but we're going to do it because it really is what we do. And there will be bourbon. There will be bourbon. There was bourbon. There will be a mustache. There was one. Uh, yeah. and, but this is Matt Summerlot, and uh, he does have a book. Matt, can they buy this book somewhere? Is there somewhere hey, they man. can buy this? Yeah, you can find it on Amazon, all the, the usual okay. places. So yeah, yeah, look it up. And uh, yeah, enjoy it. Let me know what you think of it. So you can find me on Twitter with the uh, minimal amount of followers out there. It's all good. Yeah. And what's your Twitter account? It's uh, Matt underscore Summerlot. There you go. So you can find Matt at Matt underscore Summerlot. You can find his book, Finding His Story in History on Amazon. Hopefully we get some books sold for you. Either way, I'm going to pimp this tomorrow when I uh, post us up tomorrow night or tomorrow morning. 
but again yeah yeah thanks for coming and hanging out enjoy the bourbon and uh yeah uh i'll be in touch tomorrow with some more accounts for you to follow and we'll we'll, we'll incorporate you into this goon life my friend sounds good Any, anytime you want to talk baseball too you just let me know I, I, I will hey look pitchers and catchers report in like two months it's gonna be great bro can be soon enough right <laughs> all, all right, right man have a great night thanks a lot merry christmas buddy merry See christmas you, buddy